Listener Production. It's Rusty here, all set for part two of a well-overdue catch-up with Molly Taylor, the 2016 Australian Rally Champion and 2021 Extreme E title winner. That's a global crown and something she's rightly very proud of. Now, if you've arrived here without catching the first part of our latest instalment with Molly, head back to the library and you'll find it parked with this one. You'll enjoy some insights on the Extreme E-Series, an all-electric, almost rallycross format. She gets to rub shoulders there with some heroes too, including Sebastian Loeb and Carlos Sainz Sr. How she thought the initial approach to go and race in that series was a stitch-up, plus taking on Dakar, the ultimate endurance test in a side-by-side. We begin part two by chatting about co-drivers and how they invariably don't just guide you through the desert on Dakar, but they kind of become motivational coach too. Co-driver, tell us about that. And and I, I gather there's some fun conversations at times. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of... that. That relationship's always been so important in, yeah. in rally, but uh, in, in the Dakar, you know, you're in the car and it's also like for so much longer time, but it also is it, such a different style of, of navigation. And mm-hmm. I think um, they're like, there's such a crucial role because it it's, yes, it's driving, but it doesn't matter how good a driver you are, if you're not on the right road or if you get lost or if you drive more kilometers than someone else, you know, that that's really where you can make or break a lot of the time mm. in Dakar. Um, and this year I, my co-driver was a guy called Andrew Short uh, from the US, yeah. from Texas. He's got some good turns of phrase, I'm told. Is that oh, right? Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely <laughs> Give me brilliant. an example. Give me an example. Well, he's he's an ex-bike rider. Uh-huh. So he's he's finished in the top 10 a few times in Dakar on a bike. So he's Proper. properly nuts mm, mm. Um, and amazing at the navigation. And just like, honestly, one of the, the best people I've spent time with, full stop. Wow. But his, like his philosophy... Um, and Outlook is just such a positive person, really talented, but also just that like always kept you in the right frame of mind. And, and yeah, as you can imagine, you know, he just has the most, I mean, t- to us, just, you know, like the most American kind of like sort of phrases. And, and it was just, br- it was, I was like getting a pep talk the whole way around and he'd be like, you know, get it girl. <laughs> and like, I like that line. I like this pace. And it was just, it was so cool because it was just, we had so much fun and uh, you know he was so experienced but also you know when things went wrong and we had you know quite a lot of um, mechanical dramas and it was a really sort of frustrating um, rally from from that point because we we had some good good speed but never really got it together yeah. um, but you know every time we had had something he would just every day would be like you know new day new opportunity <laughs> and and just was always you know focusing on what what can we do and it got to one point where we'd had a a bad a bad day and I was like look just let me be angry for 10 minutes <laughs> stop stop trying to find the silver lining or work out what we should do or keep everyone going well I'm like I just can I just snap here for I a minute I just want to feel a- sorry for myself for 10 minutes and then I'll be fine <laughs> uh, talk talk me through the bivouac because you you're knackered at the end of a long day you got to come in talk to crew about what the Can-Am needs and then separately you're planning from a, a notes and stage perspective for the next day, aren't you? So, but you end up with a really limited window of sleep, basically, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it depends on on what time you come in and what time you leave the next morning and, and all those things. But also where we're staying. I mean, we 
we can't complain too much because we had motorhomes. So we, oh, that was like the, the five-star <laughs> treatment. Um, a lot of our crew, like everyone is just sleeping in, in tents, tents and uh-huh. in the back of trucks and, th- and things like that. So it is absolutely wild. So, so we actually got a, a camper van, so I can't really complain, complain. Okay. too much. Um, but like very noisy because the cars come in late at night, the mechanics, everyone's working on them all night. So, I mean, the mechanics are the real heroes. They, you know, there was a few nights our guys didn't sleep at all. Wow. Um, and so there's, there's noises, there's stuff going on, tires being changed, mm. like, all Always. night yeah. until the early hours in the morning. That's when the bike guys start getting up and getting ready to go. So, yeah. you know, you're never getting a quality sleep, sleep. at all. Um, but it's amazing, yeah, when you get tired, what what you can sleep through as well. You've just done literally an, an interview with young Clay Richards, his dad, Stephen Richards, multiple Bathurst winner. I can recall talking to him about the Bathurst 24-hour and the run of the Monaro up there at that point in time. And he said you'd you'd climb into the, the truck or the motorhome or whatever they were, they were sleeping in. And he said, you'd just go to sort of close your eyes and then you'd hear the car come down the hill again and then you're awake. So you listen to, oh, the car's okay. okay. So, <laughs> so this would go on for ages and it made it really tough to get some sleep. And it's like that in the bivouac because there's so much going on. I reckon Nathan Prendergast told me, you got to be careful where you park because if you end up camping near the truck guys, they're one of the last ones to kind of come in and then they're up all night working on the truck and things like that. And that's hell from a sleep point of view, isn't it? Yeah, I totally am. We, we were near trucks. We had everything in, in our town. We had the trucks and then and then all the Can-Ams. But yeah, it's, um, and also when they're, when they're changing the truck tyres as well and the amount of air they have to put in to change them. So it, it's like bomb goes off every now and then. So it's like 3am and then boom, and you wake up and like, what's happened? And then you realise they're just changing some truck tyres. Crazy. Will you go and do more of that? Is the plan, we're t- recording this in, in June, will you go and do that again this year? I mean, I would love to. It's uh-huh. a, it's a massive event from a, from a resource point of view. So it's not, it's not cheap to, to compete to in. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of it as always in motorsport depends on aligning all those stars. stars yeah. So that's, you know, that, that's a big job to do, but, mm-hmm. um, if I had, have the opportunity to do it a hundred percent, it's, um, yeah, it's something that is, is there's so so many elements to it, so many mm. challenges, um, and it's just yeah, it's the I think it's the the best overall test in the motorsport sense. Cool, you did go in the lead up to it. I think you went to Vegas, didn't you? Didn't you go and do some stuff in the desert out there to help prep for it last year too? Is that right? <laughs> well, I did, and I got COVID, <laughs> and I spent the whole time in this really seedy hotel in Vegas, and then I went home. Oh, you so. poor thing. <laughs> So I did have plans to do that. To do Didn't that. quite eventuate. eventuate. Um, oh. Unfortunately, it was going to, I mean, I, up until that point, I'd been all through 2021 traveling with, without, what could possibly without it. Do. So, you know, it was going to happen at some point. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the South racing team is, is a fantastic team and they do so many things. So, um, at least to be able to be in with a group of guys like that, that mm-hmm. have done so many miles in those cars, so many cars, you know, there's nothing they don't know about those cars, cars. and what you need to do for Dakar. Closer to home, we haven't, sadly, seen you making regular appearances in the Australian Rally Championship, and I know deep down you would dearly love to do that. So is there a hope, a want, a plan? Would you like to perhaps go and tackle some, and and will we see you back against Harry and and Lewis Bates and all of those guys? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a hope, a want, and a plan. <laughs> um, and whether I can pull it off, off. is another question. Um, but yeah, I, like I really do miss it. Mm. It's, um, it's just, yeah, rallying's sort of what I've known since I started. And um, yeah, I, I would love 
nothing more than to to be back on the stages back here as well. So it's certainly something that I haven't given up on. I yep. mean, the landscape's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, I mean, our WRX that we ran is is a beautiful piece ah, of machinery mm. and as a production car, what the the guys in Tassie have created with that car is is something really really special. And mm. so I would love to get back out in it. It's probably, I mean, realistically, it's now the production class that we're that we're looking at now gotcha. that the the outright cars have all changed to to new specifications and, and the European yeah. Rally Two spec and mm-hmm. all those sorts of things, which which within our regulations we can't build the WRX mm. two. Um, but even even in saying that, the the competition in the ARC is is getting better and better and stronger and stronger. And even in that production class, is a real opportunity to um, you know get all the those WRXs and Evos and, and all those cars and and show you know for for relatively old cars compared to a lot of the new ones. Um, how good they are. So it's definitely, um, definitely something I would love to do. I, I, um, I'm glad you bring up the, the ARC in a, in a more broader perspective or, or sense. And I've got these great memories, right, of, of the kind of mid 2000s there where it was, you know, um, Subaru, um, Mitsubishi with, with Ed Odinsky and Rally Art, um, you know, Toyota, obviously. I mean, it's just this golden period for the sport it does feel like there are some good ingredients in the current scheme of things to get a little closer to that again doesn't it yeah I think so uh, mm. as you say I remember I mean that's sort of when I grew up was in that you were little I was golden, old. <laughs> golden old era and, um yeah Neil obviously but but Possum and and Cody and mm. Dean in the, the Subarus and uh yeah it, it was really I think I mean you always look back at oh they were the heydays and and mm. whatever but I think if we look at what the ARC is doing now and the cars and the, the number of, of top level cars we're getting in the series now. I, I think you're right. There's definitely feels like it's getting back to, to where it should be. Good. Um, and hopefully bringing in more manufacturers as a result of that. And, and we can build something cause it is, it is such a cool sport. Sport. Yep. I'd love to see you lining up in that again. I hope, however, you can stitch that together and that it, it does come to pass. That would be ace. Helping to fill the gap a little bit has been a thing called broadcasting. You and I are on, <laughs> Stan Sport and Channel 9 doing some stuff with the Australian Racing Group, which has been really cool. You've done it for a couple of years now. How are you finding that? How much fun has that been? Um, I, I, we just – we have a ball when we do this, really, don't we? I mean, it's the whole essence of, of the mission when we set out. To, yes, we're going to chase stories and do a live broadcast and all that sort of stuff, but behind the scenes and, and off air, it's – Tremendous, isn't it? It is a lot of fun. A mm. big challenge. Mm. I'm still learning a lot and feel what, what very green. What have you learned? I just just trying to copy you, Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> Some would say that's not a good idea, Molly. <laughs> but yeah, just, just the you know you're across so many things. Like mentally, it's just it's unreal. I you know I have wear all these devices that tell me how I sleep and how I train and mm. and doing a broadcast weekend I think takes a bigger toll. Really? Doing a rally. Um, just because mentally you're trying to remember everyone in the field, what's happening, mm. things that are relevant to them, trying to think up the questions while someone's talking in your ear and it's all live. Can't swear. That's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, there is so much. I mean, it's given me a whole new appreciation for for your side of, of the world because it, it really it, it's so impressive to watch guys like you do it. Thank you. So, so professionally and, and it looks like you're doing it easy, but I, I know how many things are going around and how much work has gone into just knowing that, that right bit of information that's relevant to that person mm. in that moment without a notebook. Like it's just, it's so impressive. But I think as you said, it is also, it's just fun. Like fun. I feel like we go away for a weekend and it's like going away with a weekend. <laughs> oh no, Dan, I'm mates. working very hard, uh, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but that, that's that's probably one of the bits I enjoy about it the most because normally you go to race weekends, you see all these people, but you've got that you know that stress of competing. Whereas here, I can just just hang out with everyone and mm. yes, have the the workload and and you know it's tough while we're doing it, but also at the end of the day, you know we just. Yeah, you just I have this kind of more more relaxed fun with yeah, everyone. Fun. It's great. Yeah. You do leave dinner early though. You get tie ties, don't <laughs> you? Do. It's mentally draining for you, isn't it? <laughs> I do. Oh, it's eight I o'clock. Molly wants to, to pull out now. She wants to go to bed now. <laughs> look, I look. I'm not convinced because normally when we go out to dinner, I normally get a like a look or a text message from you, Rusty, under the table. That's like you just nod when you want to go, and and I can bail you out. And I don't know whether that's because you're just trying to be nice to me, or whether no. you also want to go oh, and you're. No. Just going to use me, it's but both. We, we, we can both work that. I mean, that's that deal works with me. It works for me too. It works for me too. Um, so broadcasting is great. Now you are taking the learnings from that to make some content and do a few things around this new adventure called The Mad Garage <laughs> with your partner, Dan. You buy a workshop in Melbourne off the back of uh, a, a period in quarantine. You've spotted it <laughs> online. Tell me about this and where you – I mean, you're recording a television show for standing there now. I mean, it's yeah. up and running. It's cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it's a great it's a great place to just hang out. It was essentially just you know, one of those – it's about – I think the floor space is 77 square metres. So mm-hmm. it's very, very small. It's got a little mezzanine, but it was basically, apart from that, it was just a concrete box. Uh-huh. Um, and so we had this idea to, to DIY it and turn it into this, this functional workshop, but also a space where we could film stuff, um, look, you know – bit like my, I think my sort of design brief was a Formula One workshop uh-huh. across Google headquarters. Okay. Um, so we have a rock climbing wall up the side, but all the floors and everything's white. Um, we, we've done some work with Super Cheap Auto to yep. fit it out in all matching tool cabinets and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's very functional. Awesome. Um, and then upstairs, um, which Dan's called the Mad Mez. Uh-huh. Um, and that's got some, you know, a kitchenette that we've built. Um, Todd Kelly helped us out with this, some steel line framing to build a wall to house He would house have been hands on with that too, he wasn't did, he? He did, yeah, so yeah. He good. wanted to. It was the first time they had sort of this production that they've got. It's a bit like life size um, techno uh-huh. um, or technique or that's, you know, like yeah. the, the fancy Lego stuff. Um, it's a bit like life size, that, so it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, he wanted to, to come and see how it all, all went up. And um, so, yeah, we've got a, a kitchen, lounge room, hangout area up Excellent. the top, and then a, a workshop down the bottom and, and somewhere where we'll do car projects in a way with the the competition side and with, with Can-Am and, Excellent. you know, hopefully if we do some rallying, we've got this this cool base, but something we can also um, shoot from. Yeah. We can do stuff with, with my sponsors and partners as well. And, I mean, our neighbour across from us, um, <laughs> we have all these great ideas. And the other day he just came in and said, are you guys going to do any work soon? Because all you do is just like play music and hang out with people. <laughs> when are you going to actually do something? I'm like, oh yeah, that'll, that'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> well, it, I mean, if you look at socials, it is happening, right? I mean, some of the, mm. the stuff I saw around the launch was um, awesome. What I loved was the story of the build. So you and Dan doing <laughs> plastering, doing oh all of them. Oh my God. <laughs> How out of your depth were you oh, there? Oh my God. Like, I mean, we just... Well, we, we didn't want to, we we're trying to be cheapskates. Um, <laughs> and so we thought we, we could do everything. And, and it's amazing, you know, with a bit of uh, optimism and YouTube, how many what things you can, you can figure out how to do. But you wouldn't want to look too closely at the finish of, of everything. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, we decided essentially, apart from all the electrical work and the plumbing, which we was way beyond um, yeah. our, our scope, we, we had some, some great help with, with that. But apart from that, we basically did... 
everything did else. Did ev- everything else uh, DIY. Any truth that you left when the floor painting was happening? <laughs> you are oh, very busy. I've got to go to a broadcast or I'm overseas for a race or something. And he got left with it, didn't he? Is that, was it something like that? Yes. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much what happened. So we um, yeah, we were building everything and then, then I had to go over um, for, for the like extreme E um, stuff yeah. and then, then later the Dakar stuff. But it was right around the time when we, we had this idea we wanted to – to launch it in January, it needed to be up and running by then. So reverse engineering that, the, the epoxy floor had to be done uh, at some point, which, you know, is quite a complex process and, and not a fun not a fun job and, and I was going to be away. So um, Dan did that all, all on his own. He still has like some of his gym wear. He wore his gym gear and one of his gym shirts still has epoxy paint on it that he refuses to throw out. And he's got, he ruined a pair of thongs and got um, epoxy all over them. And He messaged me and um, he looked like Peter Pete, you know, someone who would rock up with the there's paint everywhere. Anyway, uh, the, the great story about that is he's taken a bit of a leap of faith with this too. I mean, he's a very respected uh, motoring journalist has done things all, all around the world for very, very good publications. I mean, he, he's in this boots. I mean, I know your partners, obviously, but but he's in this boots and all, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's nice for us to kind of have a, a project where we can put both our – I mean, me from motorsport side, and, and he, he doesn't really have much involvement in the motorsport world, but on an automotive side, mm. um, yeah, very, very involved with, with his work with um, Wheels Magazine and, and Motor Magazine mm. and now just, just going freelance to, to still do all those things but also, you know, start to build – this uh, this workshop. So we've kind of come from from both ends of the car spectrum, I guess, and we've we've built this this workshop. So it will do motorsport stuff, but it can also do just general general car projects. And we've Excellent. got an old Brumby that we're going to do some stuff with. Um, so yeah, it's really cool to have this this thing that we can both add in from a creative and presenting and all that side. You Fits know, it. He's Fits he's it. so yeah. good at that. Exactly. I won't spoil it because I reckon that needs to come out via the the Mad Garage channels, right? But we have seen a few little things pop up in relation to the Brumby. So it did a little mission, I think, from Sydney to Melbourne. And I think that is just the perfect car to, to sort of launch into this. Isn't yeah, it? it was. It took a long time. <laughs> um, it was a, the trip, the road trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It took a long time. But it, I mean, it's so funny driving that car down the road and the amount of sort of but they like become nods and looks you yeah, get around. People, oh, that's oh. cool. That's what they say, don't they? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. And we have all these, these grand ideas to... Um, you know, what engine we should put in and all this stuff. But mm. then, so it's got now 399,000 kilometres on it and it didn't skip a beat. I mean, oh, sometimes right. there's some weird noises that you just sort of Deal with. ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like it starts first time, like it literally sometimes takes about 20 seconds to start, but Amazing. it will always start. Mm. Um, drove, yeah, without an issue. Temper- like it's just, mm. it's it's such a such a cool thing and such a nice little humble car that, um, yeah, we absolutely love. And, and it's fitting too, because you're such a loyal human being, right? And you've had this great long association with, with Subaru. And even though you're not in the ARC necessarily with them now, you've keep, you've kept that relationship going. So, I mean, it's, that I think is a nice nod or tip of the hat too. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. I think mm. so. Um, you know, it is, as you say, it's one of those cult, cars. cult classic cars mm. and, you know, it's kind of that, that start of all, all the, the Subaru heritage. So mm. it's very much part of the family. We're actually um, planning at the moment of what stickers we're going to get up, get put, put on it. So we're going to try and try and put some of the original style stickers. It's still the original beige. Uh-huh. Um, Lovely color. But, but with, with the Mad Garage logo. So it's good. You know, the idea is it's our workshop ute. It's the one Fantastic. that we, you know, pop out to the yeah. tool shop or, or whatever to get some stuff.
Shane Jacobson has done some rallying. Okay, I will admit he's not in Molly's league, but he really loves cars and motorbikes. In his episode with Rusty, Shane talked about driving during the making of the movie Charlie and Boots with Paul Hogan. While she's looking at us, we nod again, and her, I don't know what her name is, but I know, I still remember her husband's name was Doug, because while looking at us, she went, Doug? Doug? <laughs> and he yelled at, what? <laughs> he, she said, bloody Kenny and Crocodile Dundee are in the bloody car next to us. <laughs> you can find Shane in the Rusty's garage library. Eric Banner is in there too. Rusty wishes he was a Hollywood heartthrob. Tell him he's dreaming. Now back to a rally legend and someone who's a bit of a TV star as well, Molly Taylor. In the gap between when we did podcast one and now, you did compete in that Subaru TCR machine. You touched on it a little bit before. What was that? What was that like? How much fun did you have? I mean, we get to commentate on this series now, and, and you know, there's all sorts of different makes and marks. Those cars aren't here now, but it was in the early uh, development of this series in Australia, and that was bit of fun. It, it? it was a lot of fun and, and you know that was with yeah as you said TCRs just just coming in so mm. it was so cool to kind of be part of that that growth of, of the series and, and you know see what it's become today but to, to have a to go myself I was I mean totally a fish out of water. I had no mm. idea what I was what I was doing and I mean unfortunately we we had a lot of bad luck um but yeah at most of the races but yeah incredible learning opportunity and, and just to be involved in in that side side of the world mm. was was a lot of fun and to work with with Kelly Racing and mm. um, you you've, know. you've stayed good friends with with Todd and Christy and everything, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. You yeah that, I mean, that's been a great thing. I think mm. to to be able to to get to know those guys and um, we don't live so far away, so to be able yeah. to to yeah hang out from that. I mean, it all really started from from that that TCR program. Mm. So you have an appreciation of what these cars are like to drive for the competitors that are here, but there is a funny little story and it's very fitting that we are here at Winton to share it. And that is the first time, not just you, but everyone kind of left the pit lane <laughs> here. It was um, first real experience for most people with these TCR cars in Australia. Weather hadn't necessarily been great. Tell us what happened next. <laughs> we, were, we were chatting yesterday about, about Winton and coming back here and, and the temperature. And I mean, we know now watching the TCR series that those first couple of laps getting that temp hmm. into the rear tyres that don't have big brakes, front wheel drive, so that, you know, it takes a bit of time to get the temp into the rears. And, hmm. and I don't think we really appreciated just how like ice those cold <laughs> slicks were in you know, zero degree temperatures, but it was quite funny. We, we all, for the very first test, we had, there was a few people up with the, the TCR cars. I think it was May. I think it was about, it was between zero and five degrees. It was freezing and we all rocked out for the first laps. And by turn four, I think we'd all spun. <laughs> it was kind of this like, oh, wait, okay, right. Now we need to actually step back and uh, talk about this a different, different way. Because <laughs> as is racing drivers funny. or competitive, but you all stood on it basically, didn't you? And off, yeah. they, uh, off they went. <laughs> okay, we now know where the grip level is. No problem. Um, right, a couple of other things that we can we can talk about here. You do a remarkable job, I reckon, with, I think, I think is it Sim that you do some great stuff with from a commercial partnership standpoint? Yes. So now you've got a thing going with Castrol. They've been around Australian motor racing for, for forever. And as a part of that new relationship, you got to drive a supercar yeah. with Thomas Randall. Yeah. Who else was Who else was there? Was it Pierre Gasly? Yes. And, yeah, and Jack Dewan. Oh, how yeah. good. Esteban was there briefly, but we did the all the driving stuff. With, Tell me more about that. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So Gen, Gen 3 Mustang? <laughs> yeah. So it came about quite quite last minute um, and we, we took uh, – so this was the Wednesday of the week of Albert Park. So they were, you know, on track Thursday. Um 
and we were there on Wednesday in, in Tom's Mustang that he's about to drive the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they let us drive it around the Thunderdome. Um, and Unreal. it had been raining and it was just starting to clear a little bit, but yeah, it was not the best conditions that the Thunderdome is super bumpy. Mm. Um, it actually felt like, you know, around one corner and one bump that the supercar was getting, get air on. <laughs> I was, you know, bottoming. It was, it was unreal, but yeah, they let us, they let us turn a lap around the Thunderdome. Awesome. So, um, yeah, still very grateful that they, I kept saying to Tom, like, are you sure? Sh- like, are you sure? Because, you know. This is your it's baby. Not you need it at the weekend. Spin, and mm. if it hits the wall, I don't know if, you know, mm. they're, they're struggling to be able to fix these cars in a, in a quick turnaround. Um, so I think Tom was pretty nervous. Was he? <laughs> um, but yeah, they, everyone, uh, Pierre, Jack, myself, we all, we all got a lap That's cool. uh, in the car. Gasly was beaming. Randall's great, isn't he? He's a great young guy. He was fantastic. Mm, yeah. 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 We had, we had so much fun and, um, yeah, just to experience that car is, yeah. is so cool. It just, you'd do a little bit and then just kind of one more. One more. Cool. <laughs> You've got a bright smile on your face. I don't know how much you can tell me. I, I gather it may not have been your first time in a supercar though. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, that is true actually. Um, I did, I did a, I mean, first I've never really gen, spoken about it. First time in a Gen 3 car though. Yeah. In um, 2017, I think it was, I drove the well, Super 2 um, car with, with Brad Jones Racing Fantastic. at Eval Day here. I'm actually here, here did at Winton, did um, a few, couple of sessions. So it was kind of on the quiet, wasn't it? Yeah, did it was on the quiet at the time. And I mean, at the time I was rallying with Subaru, so the right, you know, sort of. It's the right way that, to do it, right way to handle it. you know, it. where yeah. I was, was focused. So mm-hmm. nothing really eventuated, but I mean, it was a cool, cool opportunity and something that, you know, I considered for, for a little bit of time. Did but, you? Um, big but, mission, big mission though, to find the corporate support to do well, that. Well, that's and, the thing, right? And you mm-hmm. want to do it properly mm-hmm. if you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so in the end, it, nothing ever, ever came from it, but yeah, it was a pretty awesome, awesome thing to do. And yeah, now hopping back in it, I was like, oh, I would like to be nice to do another Eval Day at least and just, just try and see, where, some see where that leads, bit. see where that leads. As we talk, you are here with us for the broadcast for the weekend and then you bolt to Melbourne <laughs> airport to fly. Where are you going? To France. Yeah. I think I might have to ask you to do the closer because I... <laughs> Can I have I an just early mark? Can I have an early mark? Yesterday, and was like, I've got to leave before the broadcast ends to make my flight to land okay, at Molly. before a test. So I'm like, I've tried to skin it every other way I can, but um, yeah, yeah, heading back over to uh, for the next round. So that'd be good. And some testing. You're gonna do some testing of the Extreme car. Yeah, yep. that's the plan. So we don't really get much testing at all with these cars, but mm-hmm. the the series is basically gives the teams the cars for these few weeks between Scotland and Sardinia and, you know, a certain amount of power allocation that you're, you're allowed like to, to use. use for some testing. So yeah. a great opportunity to be able to yeah, get some miles in the car. Cause I mean, we don't get very many kilometers at all. So that's one of the challenges of extreme E it's just how much you can just adapt cool. on the fly. So it's really valuable to have that time. Cool. Couple to finish. You are now an auntie yes, and your lovely sister is in trouble because you are you are uh, what should I say encouraging motorsport? Are you not? Well, with, with your nephew. <laughs> to, to be honest, my sister is she's she's very clever. Yes. Um. So I was trying to uh, talk to to Tony, um, my eldest nephew. Yes. Um. About doing some donuts next time we were together. Um. Which now has turned into donuts, the food, which my sister's reframed. So now, now when I, when he sees her, let's go do some donuts. I'm like, yeah, let's do some donuts. donuts. And he literally thinks they're going to go buy some donuts. some donuts. So I don't think it's been the best for his diet. Um, <laughs> but she's, she's so far winning that, winning that battle. But he's, um, he can tell you, you know, every car badge, Love he, it. he can tell you, um, he knows all the keys to the cars. He's 
yeah, he's, he's all very, over very switch on, can, can name all the parts under the engine. Um, really? Engine bay, yeah. Um, can tell you where the valve cap is on the tyres. He loves that one. Super um, cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time. How much of that is you? How much of that is your dad? Oh, I think it's probably more my dad. I mean, he sees him a, a lot more regularly being, yeah. being up in Sydney. But, um, yeah, like from the beginning, it's just all been about things and cars and now it's a lot about trains as well is it um so yeah just anything that has to be put together or moves is is fascinating cool your lovely mum in the background there are calls probably on an almost daily basis she helps you immensely from a logistics standpoint i mean she's been amazing in that role for neil bates motorsport and she helps coordinate stuff for you doesn't she even now yeah i mean (laughs) yeah Thanks, Mum. I, I normally hatch up all these great plans and then realise that there's no physical way I can manage it all and then I ring her and kind of put her in a corner. <laughs> so where is she on that? She's, she's somewhere between dream and reality meter, yes. is she? She's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, she's always saying to me, you know, like, don't take on too much and – and yeah. so I normally now have to preface it. Like, I know this is what you're going to say, but this is the situation and this is why this needs to happen. So it's not about, you know, if it should or shouldn't happen. It's how can we make, make it, it happen. happen. <laughs> and then she goes, yes, but it will cost this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. Exactly. Oh, she's a she's good. a machine, isn't she? she yeah, I mean, she's, she's back in the co- can you believe it? She's back in the co-driver's seat again so with good. Harry. Isn't it's, that awesome? It's so good to see her back. And I think it's it's been really good for her because um, you know, she she never lost it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean we all we all love to tell her that, you know, she's the the Australia's fastest grandma and, yes. and you know, um like to uh, wind her up in yeah. in all those ways. But um, you know, when she gets in the car, she's doing the same job she did. 30 years ago, as just well. as well. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Okay. When we first spoke, you were with your mum in in part ownership of an Audi that used to be owned by Kerry Packer. Um, I love the story of how he arm wrestled that out of them at the Australian <laughs> Motor Show. They were like, no, Mr. Packer, uh, this is just on display. It has to go back to Germany. <laughs> I think he said something like, I'll have that, son. Yeah. I'll have that. Yeah. Um, you're out of that now, but did mum keep it? Is that what's happened there or have you, have you moved that car on? It's just about to be moved on is actually. It? Yeah, it? it was never part of the plan, but, um, but yeah, there's, you know, there's just always got to be a new project new on project. the go at home. So. <laughs> well, speaking of projects, dad loves a project, right? And your mum shared with me that it, it's not uncommon for him to go somewhere, you know, some distant remote farm paddock and spot something and, and buy it. I think she said to me at one point, he, he, went with the intention of buying one and came back with eight or something <laughs> yeah. rather than some crazy story I there. I imagine that. But where I'm going, he has built a shorty, an, an Audi Sport Quattro, and as is his way, he's gone to unbelievable detail in in replicating um, uh, all of the little things about the proper original cars in the build of that, hasn't he? Yeah, it's it's a beautiful, is it? beautiful car. Um yeah, a really special project because that you know those sport quattros from a from a rally heritage point of view are just iconic. You know, one mm. of the the most mm. iconic that there will will ever be. be. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's his his passion. Just you know that that love of of the historic cars and the the era and um, you know so for him to sort of to to do something on that scale has been has been very very special. But um, but if someone wants to buy it, I believe it also is for sale. So wow. We'll put that out there. Wow. Okay. Okay. Who needs, who needs eBay? We can do mob, mobile sales here. But I mean, I think that's the thing. It's more about the the process of of building it, mm. I think, than, you know, it gets to the end and then it's done. So it's there's done. nothing. nothing <laughs> it's not a project anymore. But, but your mum loved the fact, I think the couriers kept turning up with 
little stickers or original <laughs> yeah. valve caps or something. Like he found all yes. of these things. Oh yeah, he? He deep went, deep into the, uh, the you know the European forums for for. <laughs> Um, you know, the Quattros and, and all various types of cars as well. Awesome. We've done this without a note, sitting in a car. It's been a joy to catch up with you. Congratulations on what you're doing now at an international level, the stuff you're doing here locally. I love the passion. You've always got an idea, a, a project, something on the go. How you juggle it, I will, I will never know. In that little period uh, where I'm sure it was immensely tough, you are to be congratulated because you showed people that uh, when the chips are down, you just regather and you go hard once again. And I, I just to know that you are winning again at the top um, and showing people how much you've got to offer, I reckon is just unreal. Keep powering. Well, thank you very much, Rusty. I really appreciate it. Rusty's Garage is written and presented by me, Greg Rust. Series editor and producer is Thomas Dullard. Audio production by Link Kelly. If you've got a guest suggestion, get in touch with me via social media. The Garage, that's where a journey begins with a tank full of passion-fuelled stories. Stories.